I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. The podcast. Hey, welcome to This uh, Might Help with Matt Bronger, the new episode. Fourth uh, of July, three pack of helpful tall boys. Probably like, what the hell does that mean? Who's the guest? Well, there's no guest. Uh, this week, we kind of took off, kind of not. Uh, I didn't want to take it all the way off because I know people still need content and they need stuff to listen to. And, oh, God, you're stranded with your family and you can't get out of the house. So you need to just act like you're going to take a long, awful shit in the bathroom, put on the headphones, and listen to this episode. Basically, uh, I'm recording this intro now. Uh, June 30th, 2020, months after these three episodes were recorded. Uh, we recorded them at the studio uh, once uh, this might help. Uh, contract cleared and all that stuff. We were locked and loaded. We're like, hooray, let's go. And then the COVID thing started. And though I wanted to every single episode of this uh, new incarnation of the podcast to feature a guest, I didn't want to endanger anyone's health. So I would go to the studio by myself. The engineer was behind some glass, as well as my producer in another room. And we recorded these episodes. So these are uh, three episodes that we recorded months ago. Uh, so there's there's a lot of information we didn't have. Um, I'm no... Uh, <laughs> On and no part of any of these episodes, I was like, this will be over in two weeks. But I might have thought it'd be over sooner uh, than it is. So anyway, all I want to say is, for one, thank you so much for listening to this and supporting, especially if you're um, subscribing. Uh, if you don't subscribe, please think about it and give us a nice rating. I have to do that. I'm sorry. And I have to add a fart noise because it's annoying. Um, and uh, two, I hope you're hanging in there and I hope the podcast is helping. And I hope you're giving yourself some space away from all the anxiety and the hell that's going on, if you can. And three, if you are uh, working in any kind of uh, role that, in our society that's putting you in danger, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Uh, so anyway, with that said, on to the episodes. Please enjoy on this 4th of July week yourself and also uh, three-pack of helpful tall boys. Love you. Bronx. Hey, and welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger. A lot of you might be listening and going, hey, what the shit happened to advice from a dipshit? Well, I explained it on the very last episode. If you missed it, Amanda and I have parted ways. Uh, cue the, ah, there. But it was a good thing. Uh, we love each other very much. Always will in a, in a viciously platonic way, though she is attractive. Uh, and we just decided, look, we're better off uh, separately. She had a bunch of podcasts going on. I wanted to go it alone, which I originally was. I've kind of always been a lone wolf, a real bad boy. Just ask anyone that grew up with me. Just like that dude, you know, he doesn't F around that Bronx. That's not true. What is true is I'm an only child, and I kind of like uh, having my own little thing. And what this show is going to be is me or me and a guest. More often than not, me and a guest. And for those of you who it's your first time listening to this, what I do on my show is I have uh, a bunch of wonderful people, some of them maniacs, uh, that call in and leave anonymous messages on my hotline. I never listen to them. 
Uh, I'm working with a new crew now, so Amanda will no longer be listening to them. It'll be uh, my new main man, Renee, and my other new main man, Chris, and they're going to, you know, cull through and pick ones to throw me. And the fun thing about that is, uh, you know, it's it's great for the listener because I'm, I wouldn't say often flummoxed. I can usually uh, think uh, on my feet pretty well and shoot from the hip, so to speak. But every once in a while, someone says something so bananas that it takes me a second. And it's always funny, which is the great thing. This is, that's a podcast. Now it's called uh, This Might Help because it's kind of like, shit, I don't know. This might help. Here, take this. Hopefully. I don't have any kind of giant idea of like, I'm out to change the world. What we need to do is reach out. And all that stuff is true. But look, what I'm about is entertainment. I just want to make people laugh. That's all I've ever wanted to do. If it, if it changes your life in a good way. I do get a lot of people coming up to me at shows that say really nice things and go, dude, I love the podcast. It helped me get through some hard times. And listen, there's nothing better to hear. That's really awesome. But bottom line if you have this on the same shelf as, say, like a self-help podcast or that kind of thing, it's not alien to that world, but it doesn't belong to it. This is more for entertainment. Case in point, that that dude who called in, for those of you who non-listeners, like many of you, or someone called in, I've just been told to look into the camera, excuse me. This is, by the way, this is our uh, inaugural, this is our first uh, at the new studio, this is the first This Might Help. So I'm still kind of learning the ropes. I'm sitting on a chair that feels like a strange gay saddle, which I'm not against. Kind of into it. Got a nice feel. And uh, I'm looking at the camera. So basically, uh, I had someone that we, someone called in on the show that uh, said, hey, man, I got a bunch of roommates, and um, we got a possum in the attic, and um, uh, I want to get it out. So I'm thinking a good thing, good idea would be to take acid and put on boxing gloves and go get it. And so Amanda and I went back and forth and got into a thing where she thought he was going to go up there to box it, to go head to head with a possum and punch it. I said, no, he's going to use those boxing gloves to lift it up and lift it out of there, which is both ideas are insane. You don't punch a possum, right? You, you put it in a bag or you shoot it. Sorry, possum lovers. Uh, you want to get into the house. I mean, they have needle teeth. Stop it. But his idea was to grab it, the other stupid idea, with the, with the gloves and lift it up, you know, throw it out of the house. No, uh, boxing gloves are smooth. It's going to slip past the gloves and scratch your face. Work gloves, if anything, or a rake. I don't know. Like they, both those ideas are insane. So that's the kind of call we often get. That's on the extreme. Uh, we also have people who are like, I don't know how to break up with my boyfriend. We also have people who are like, my parents don't uh, uh, accept or uh, embrace the fact that I'm gay and I've been married for years. We get, we get all kinds. We get a lot of serious ones, but I kind of try to um, find, the, find the humor in them, I guess, just to give you a little background. Uh, as we all know, the pilot episode of any uh, television series, or even in that case, podcast, there's a certain amount of exposition. So please bear with me. We will definitely get our legs by the second episode, but I think we're already kind of fucking there. Honestly, I'm killing it. But basically people call in and I try to give the best advice I can. I give it sincerely. I honestly uh, uh, don't give dipshit advice. That was one problem with the old name for the podcast is that I mean, yeah, I've done dipshitty things, but I'm not a dipshit. Uh, I could name at least four of my friends that are far more dipshitty than me, you know, and, and, and there are far more people on, on this earth, I would argue, 
You know, I, it, me calling myself a dipshit, it doesn't really help any, anything because someone's going to listen to this and expect me to give dumb advice, expect someone to call in and be like, uh, I have a fear of fire. And I'd be like, you need to douse yourself in gasoline, face your fears, Bubba. Woo! And that's what no one wants. That's insane. Uh, maybe you're into that, but I'm not here to actually give dipshit advice, quote unquote. So it was kind of false advertising. And also speaking of advertising, we'd hit a wall every time we tried to promote on Facebook or any kind of paid promotion advertising because we had a curse word in our name. And a lot of times people see the names of podcasts and, you know, I mean, you would get probably a lot of listeners if you if you had a, a podcast called um, uh, Fuck the World But Unfuck Yourself with your host, Fuck Fuckity Fuck Fuck, Johnny. A lot of people would listen to that podcast probably, but at the same time, it's a little grating. So this might help is the name, as far as I'm concerned, from now on and forever, because I, I, I dig it, because that's just how I feel about it. It's like, you know, hey, this might help, or this might help. Like, I, I really don't know. It might, but it's going to be funny. So on that note, enough, uh, enough talk. Uh, let's have a, let's hear the very first call on this might help. Roll it, Chris. Hi, uh, quick question. My old, I guess, elderly, old lady, um, neighbor, <laughs> two doors down. Okay. Uh, she's usually out every morning, every day, um, with a, a drink in her hand, hanging out with her tiny dog. And Anyway, sorry, long story short, um, haven't seen her for a while. I don't think she has any relatives. No one ever really talks to her. She's nice, but excuse me, bad time to burp. When you have an old lady living near you, when what time should I check on her? Should I check on her or should I hope for the best and not wait for a smell? Um, real story. Um, counting the days, I guess, until I see her. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Bye. Hey, man. Well, thanks for, for feeling that way and not putting it out of your mind. I, one thing I always give people credit for is even calling at all. Uh, we used to have people call and go, all right, I guess this one's kind of dumb, but it's like, hey, it's just like going to exercise class. You showed up. Maybe you're sitting in the corner eating a bag of Ruffles, but you're, God damn it, you're there. Thanks for calling. Really appreciate the sentiment. And I mean, you sound like <laughs> you lean a little dark, bruh, but uh, you, you're, you're a good hearted guy, you know, and you're like, <laughs> should I and not wait for a smell? Jesus, that's jumping from uh, point, point A to point Z. Good Lord. <laughs> the beginning to the end conversation with a friend to they're dead and rotten. Um, look, I think you should check on her. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those day drinks she was having. And God bless her. That's her, that's her God-given American right. But look, I just feel like, yeah, just, just stop by. Because I always go like, all right, what would, what would I want someone to do for me? You know, it's, it's golden rule. It's basic stuff. You, you, if, you're, if you're very old. One thing that I, I can tell some of you young folk out there that are younger than, than I am. And if you've never listened to the show and you've only seen pictures of me, I'm 45 years old. And I know I just blew your goddamn minds. And also, you know, I, I didn't want to bring this up, but like when I was in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, last weekend, I was at, it's a college town and you are just catnip for the college girls. They're just like, Oh, is he 45? Fucking hot. 
delicious. Oh, man. Does he have a, like a graying beard? Mm, that, is, that is what I'm into. Not, not these young guys with stamina. But look, joke aside, I, as I've gotten older, one thing I've noticed is, is you kind of get a little bit more uh, afraid of death. It's just something that it's not that I was never afraid of devs. I think I've had that since I, I, I learned about the existence of hell as a Catholic, uh, which I don't think is, uh, look, between you and me, I don't, I don't think it's real hell. But you, you, you get older, you kind of go, oh, wait, this, the inevitable is coming. And I might be closer to it than I'm far, further away, like I used to be. And very elderly people, they're alone a lot of the time. Because, and this is a fucked up thing to say or admit, most of us, if we're honest and are subconscious, we kind of avoid older people because they're a reminder of our imminent mortality for all of us. So I always make it a point to talk to uh, older people in my neighborhood and kind of check on them. Side note, my mom does this awesome thing where she has a community. It's this, it's this thing called, um, I think it's called The Village, and it's... Uh, it, it's in every major city. My, my folks are in Portland and they do a massive amount of charity. If you know my comedy, they, they, you know the bit I have about how I think my parents make up charities to fuck with me. Like they are always doing stuff that's like, wait, what? You didn't do that. You did. Um, so my, my, uh, my parents were in a food pantry, but they have this thing where pe- folks like them that are like 70 and up uh, have a network of people of all ages in their neighborhood. So let's, let's say, oh, my left arm's numb. I feel something coming on. You can call the hospital, but also call someone two doors down and go, look, can you come by? I'm really scared. Or uh, in, on a larger level, it helps them uh, not have to move out of their house when they get very old because they have a network of people that are, that, are, that are helping them. So, I mean, I think one of our biggest fears as human beings is ever moving into a retirement home. That just sounds terrifying. Like what, you work your whole life, you raise a family, and your ungrateful kids put you in a place where you just eat warm yogurt and sit in a room? Fuck you, Chad. Why did I have you? My son's an asshole, you know? Who wouldn't feel that way? So I just think it's, it's important to check on that person and just, just say hi. Like you can make up an excuse. Just go like, I, I, what I, I do is I make, I make a ton of cold brew. And so I'll just, I'll be like, hey, I, met, I got an extra bottle which I probably shouldn't bring cold brew to elderly people. It might kill them. I mean, I make gasoline strength. Like we've all been there where you have that cup of cold brew and you're just like, holy shit. What are the signs of a heart attack? My left eye is sweating. Uh, so, you know, I, my, my answer to you is just, just do it. Just uh, be brave, man, and walk over and just knock on the door and just, just say, hey, I just want to say, hey, just checking on you. And they'll be so touched. It's funny there's a lady that uh, shares a fence with us named Bernice in our neighborhood. And every time I see her, I have to reintroduce myself because she forgets. And, uh, but she's, she's hilarious. And when she met my wife, uh, she was like, uh, she's like, oh, I'm Bernice. I live in that house. My husband's dead. I'm probably going to die in that house too. <laughs> like that, that was her intro. Like, all right. Good to know. That's a, that's a crazy bio. You're pretty metal, Bernice. Um, so Yeah. Go check on her, man. Uh, hope that helped. And uh, yeah, stay dark. What's the next call, bro? Hi, Matt. My name is Christina, and I'm an actor that is looking into writing. And Boo. I think I'm, I'm onto a really great story. Um, but my question is 
how do you go about writing something that is potentially damaging to your relationships <gasps> uh, or just a taboo subject? Oh, my God. Um, the reason I ask is because I have a very close friend of mine, and I think that we have a really fun and unique relationship. And I would like to write a story about it because we are so very different people. Um, I live a pretty chaste life, and she is a sex worker. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think that she is a, a wonderful person, and she's an interesting and complex person at that. And I think we have a really fun and interesting dynamic. So. I just don't want to alienate all my family and friends because I want to write about this really super sensitive subject matter. Um, so I'm just curious, how do you think I should handle something like this? Because I do want to be true to myself as an artist. Uh, thank you for the advice. And I really, really love the podcast. Bye. Wow. Well, thanks for, thanks for calling in. What a great, great call. Um, I would say give up on your dreams. Next call. I'm kidding. Uh, no, thank you for calling. That That's kind of the essence of being an artist. I, I think the thing is, I've said this uh, before, more often than not, when you call in, you know what you should do. You know, I've talked about how I have a friend that has a tattoo on his arm that just says, you know, because we all basically in our heart of hearts know the right thing. And you look at that and you go, ah, shit, I know. I, you just, you make up excuses to not do the thing you should do. You should definitely write about uh, your friend. Talk to your friend about it. Make sure your friend is okay with it. Uh, some may, obviously don't use their name and everything and, and make sure it's not exploitative. But at the same time, you can't censor yourself, not as an artist. Um, I get a lot of people that talk to me about my comedy and go, why don't you talk about how you're such a hot dude that you know, chicks want a bone all the time. And I'm like, well, I don't find, and of course no one says that, but people ask me, you know, why don't you, why, how do you choose like to do stuff in terms of what, how, expressing your political views or um, whether you're going to curse or not do blue material, AKA dirty material. I just do what I think is funny. And if it falls into any of those categories, then fine. What you have to do as an artist is, is it something that lights your fire that you want to write about, that you find interesting, that you think is important? And I think that topic, you know, in your heart of hearts is important because you're close to it and it's something you find fascinating. You described yourself as kind of a chaste person. I think rather than just write about your friend, write about yourself and your friend, you know, and your, your, your relationship as friends and how you... This is just me spitballing. Do not take this advice as that's what to do, but that's an idea. But I don't think you should ever cut something out because you think it's going to <sighs> offend your family if it's not something you find offensive. I think that's the bottom line. We all start out with the idea of like, oh, I got to I gotta rebel. I got to be different. But it's more, it's, it's deeper than that. It's not just like you want to piss off your parents. You just want your parents to let you be you. And traditionally, parents, you know, throughout the ages have not been cool with that. They've been like, I don't want you to be you. I want you to be me. Be me, but better. Do what I say, not what I do. Now I'm going to go get fucked up and look at porn. But don't you do that. You be a good boy. You be a better man. But like me, something that I'm comfortable with. I mean, it's, it's, it's why uh, uh, parents have not been comfortable with having gay kids or trans kids or now 
you know, uh, non-binary, that kind of thing, because it's just not them and it's not something they understand. You know, sorry to quote Batman, but we always fear what we don't understand. That's not just Batman, that's literature. But you get what I'm saying? So this is something you understand that a lot of people do not understand. So I would say you got to write about it. You kind of don't have any choice in the matter if, if you want to be an artist. I'm not saying that's all you should write about, but also I'm sure you're, you value your friend's relationship. So check in with them, see if they're cool with you writing about it. Uh, and then, and then kind of go from there. Um, and, or, or, or don't, if you want to kind of write it on your own and get it where you want it to be and then ask them if they'll look at it, because in the end, it's, 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 it's a bit of a tightrope, but we all get to write whatever we want to write. I'll give you an example. When I was in Chicago, I had a girlfriend who, uh, who broke up with me in a wine bar. And I had a joke about how that was so emasculating where I was like, just take me to a real bar and dump me where men go. God damn it. I'm sipping a glass of rosé and you dump me like I already I already know the deck is stacked. You got back together with me because I wanted us back together and I knew you were going to dump me. And I asked for it. We're walking in. And I was like, oh, God, you're going to break up with me, aren't you? And I said it to her. She's like, I just don't think it's going to. Just let me get a shot and a Pabst for the love of my manhood. So it was like a joke that I do, you know, and she heard about it and was just like, so I hear you doing jokes about me breaking up with you. And it's like, yeah, because you fucking broke up with me. And now it's grist for the mill. And look, I wasn't up there going, hey, you guys know Kristen, you know, like I wasn't talking about her as her. I had no vendetta. She didn't love me anymore. You know, if you can believe it. But, you know, it's it's. It, it's just it, it, it that the thing is you got to write what you got to write about and i think the thing going on with you and your friend is is, is fascinating and and i think like i said you just don't want to make it like an exploitation piece because you as you admitted you are the chaste one so if you come out with a book next year that's called my friend fucks for cash i don't know i might look down on you but not a bad title gonna throw that out there i know i talked earlier in the show about yeah, we got to keep the cursing down, but just saying, my friend Fox for cash, that might make you some cash. I would call Random House right now. No, don't do that. You got to get a liter- literature agent first, just FYI, in case you were wondering. But but yeah, if you're going to write, you got to write, and write every single day. Uh, my my cousin's an author, and I've been working on some writing, and I'll, I'll, he'll, I'll send him stuff, and he'll just he'll edit it and thrash it and go move this here and get rid of this and stuff. You kind of have to be like that with yourself. You got to be merciless to, to, to make it good. And you know, I think that's Hemingway. Hemingway said that he's like, she's like, just, you, you, you have to be heartless when it comes to your art. Just no matter if you're in love with something, take it out. So I don't know. I think maybe write about the two of you and you might looking at it go, ah, I think my friend is, is, is the least interesting part of this, you know, take them out, but who knows? So uh, thanks for calling in. That's a really important question. And I hope everybody listening, um, you know, the the only thing I wish you took out of everything I said is that uh, chicks really want to fuck me. Okay. What's the next call? Hey, dipshit. This is Otto from Chicago and I'm in a bit of a pickle. So I'm currently living with an ex-girlfriend and she's kind of trapped in my apartment. She has a torn hamstring as a result of a bedroom injury. Nothing crazy that we were doing, just the leg went the wrong way. 
and I want her to leave. Um, I can't take care of her anymore. A little background. Uh, I went through a bad breakup last year that butted right up against my dad dying and like having to take care of him and all of that. And then I moved back to Chicago and I got right into this relationship that ended about two weeks ago. And I feel guilty that she moved in and that I told her that I thought everything was okay, but we went to visit Rochester, where I'm from. That might be too much info. Uh, I came flooding back, and I realized when I got back that I need to be alone and work on myself. And she's upset, understandably. Um, kind of blindsided for her, but it wasn't working either way. And, yeah, so I guess my question is, uh, is there any way to get her out? <laughs> where I'm not mean, or I'm not a jerk. I don't think there is. Um, little side note, she doesn't have any friends, and her family won't help her. Oh, God. So I really feel like I'm stuck here, and I feel like a like a child, like a helpless child. Matt. And, uh, yeah, generally we're a pretty happy guy. <laughs> All right. Love you, stand-up. Love you. Love this show. Love Ding Donger too. I missed that one. But hey, this is even better. I uh, hope to see you again soon live. You're awesome. Love you. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Well, thank you, Otto. Um, crap. That's tough. Uh, I, I I think you have to be kind. It sounds like you're being kind. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, that's that's we always tend to think of like, oh, you gotta be nice and 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 uh and to, to people around you, but at the same time being nice to other people means being nice to yourself. So be nice to yourself. You did not choose to put this woman in this situation. Uh, and that it's, it's funny. Leg, leg injuries in the bedroom uh, happen more often than you, than, than I think people think about, you know, cause you're, you're kind of lost in the moment of passion. Your leg goes one way. You're like, shit, 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 shit. You know, that just, it just happens. I had a, I had a guy when the first time I played Las Vegas, <laughs> here's a side note. I was at the, at the Riv, the Riviera RIP. And the, I was featuring the guy and the headliner had a bit about like, he blew his knee out having sex with his wife. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. So it does happen as you know. And so when you're like, I know it's weird. It's like, I didn't, as soon as you said that, I, there's no mental image that came to mind or anything. Uh, but uh, look, I, I, I think you're, you're, you are in a pickle and that's okay. I, I talk about it uh, all the time. How, if you, to paraphrase, if you are in a pickle, admit you're in a pickle. Don't be like, yeah, things are fine. I want to kill myself so bad. Don't do that. Uh, just admit that things, frankly, suck right now for you and for her because you've told her that you don't care for her anymore that way. And honestly, I give you that credit because that, that's one of the hardest things to do in this life is tell a person that you don't have those feelings for them anymore. Uh, it's The finality of it is vicious. You feel bad for the other person. You're all alone because you're no longer the caring one. So it sucks, man. And it sucks that she's immobile. But look, two things. It's not your fault her family doesn't talk to her. And it might not be her fault either. I'm not saying it is. Uh, the fact that she doesn't really have friends, kind of her fault. But also another way to look at it is her preference probably too. That's probably what she she likes. Maybe she just likes having a um, one partner. And let's... Let's take a second and talk about the pygmy hippo. Now, when I lived in Chicago, I used to wander over to Lincoln Park Zoo. It's a free zoo. I lived a couple blocks from it, and it had a pygmy hippo. 
one of my favorite animals in the goddamn world because it's about the size of a big dog, but it's a hippo. I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment for you people listening at home, right, or watching this. I mean, holy shit. You had a dog-sized hippo? You'd be the king of the world. So I'd go visit him. And the reason there was only one of them is because pygmy hippos are either by themselves or in a, in a, in, with a mate. That's it. They don't run in packs. They're always on their own, which always struck me as odd because they're little, you know? You'd think that, you know, they'd, you'd worry about them getting cuddled to death, but, you know, it's just them or two of them. You know, there's a lone wolf. And I used to go watch that goddamn cute bastard play with a ball in the water, just push it around with his fat hippo nose. And, like, I'm digressing. I think your uh, girlfriend probably has the same mentality as a pygmy hippo. I'm not saying she's a hippo. I'm saying she either wants to be with, she wants to be with you or by herself. And so now she's kind of be, got to be by herself. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of your duty to look after her to some degree, but at the same time, she's got to, she's got to move out if she can. If she can't, she's got to come up with a plan. And now here's the hard part. Here's the hard part of the advice. You have to sit down with her and talk it out. And you have to talk it out heartlessly. And that's not a term I like to use, but I think it's better for her and it's better for you to just go, look, I don't want you here. What can we do? And she'll be like, but I just feel like if I stay, nope. But like, you know, you can learn to love someone. I can't, not with you. I don't have those feelings. Like it's going to be fucking hard for you, dude. It's going to be so hard to just be like, no, 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 no. What's the plan? She probably has to go through all the stages of, of denial. But the final stage is acceptance. So you just got to get her there as fast as you can. I mean, you don't be, I, I don't think I have to say don't be a dick because you don't sound like a dick. You sound like a normal, good dude um, in a tough, in a tough situation. So uh, I, I, I don't know, man. Um, it, it, it strikes me as a little odd, if I may be a little conspiracy theory-ish, that she does, her family won't talk to her and she has no friends. I mean, is that all from her mouth? Are you sure? And I'm not saying spy on her, but talk to her about it. Go, look, you don't have anyone. No one can just help you move into a new place. I'll help you move, but I can't do it alone. You know? And look, it's a hamstring. She's not in a body cast. So look on the bright side. You know? Uh, You guys didn't have, you know bone pulverizing sex. Sorry. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys uh, can part ways amicably and I hope she gets out of your house, uh, you know, and, and, and it, without, without a ton of collateral damage and all that. So it's tough, man. You, you are in a pickle. So thanks for calling in auto and um, I appreciate you. Uh, let's have another call. Hey, Matt, a big fan of the show. Uh, I'm about to try and buy my own house, right? First time home buyer. I work construction. I am a contractor. I am excited for this because I want to buy a house, remodel it, maybe flip it, or just buy a house, remodel it, and then live there. Mm. But I was recently told by a close friend, oh, you got to buy in this area. Mm. It's being gentrified. <laughs> now, I know that that's either a bad word or a good word. 
I'm leaning on bad because I don't think he knows what it is, <laughs> but I don't know enough about the word or what it means to tell him different or decide different. <clears throat> so, I mean, I can do uh, pretty much any anything you can think of except for electrical and plumbing. Ah. But I got guys for that. Cool. I got buddies, and they'll do it for a beer, you know. <laughs> Uh, what is your advice? Should I go into this neighborhood and quote unquote gentrify it? Is that a bad thing? Would I be a bad person? What should I do? What does gentrify mean? Okay, I love you. Bye. Hey, man. Uh, I'm not a bad person. If that's what that means. No. I just, okay. Cool, man. Uh, If you're done. No, uh, I, yeah. I don't think you're a bad person because you're being honest. You're admitting you don't know what it what it means, which is better than a huge percentage of uh, people in in most major cities. It is a vilified term. It's a term uh, where 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 in basically your your affluent your white people move into traditionally uh, non affluent non white neighborhoods and drive the property values up. Uh, therefore, driving out the people that had lived there uh, for for much, 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 much longer. And look, it it, it is mostly bad in terms of in terms of people uh, having a good quality of life. In terms of people who are on the low income spectrum uh, getting kind of wiped out. But I I really think it's it's almost like how we blame the economy. We blame. Um, uh, you know, we 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 blame um, progress for for this happening when, in effect, it's basically landlord greed. They don't have to charge what the market says. And look, I'm a landlord. I own a house in Portland that I rent out to. I don't know who. I don't know who's in there. I have a management company. I think it's healthier to not know who's in there. You know, uh, but it's. They've been screened and all that jazz. So I know it's, it's the house is safe and all that thing, but like, you know, I probably could have charged a lot more than, than I did. And I, and look, and I'm not undercutting myself. I want to make a profit. It's my house. But I think what, when, once the greed heads kind of come into these neighborhoods, they drive up the property. Here's the thing. You don't sound like that guy. And uh, in terms of like, should I gentrify? That's a really strong term. You're buying a house you're going to live in and maybe flip. But you're not buying five of them. And and look, what, my, my point is this. My advice to you is uh, don't just take your friend's advice. Go to that neighborhood at night. Go at night. Uh, go see if you feel safe. Uh, check it out. See if you like the feeling of it. Because the thing is, man, you're going to put all that work into it. It sounds like you're going to move in. This is your first house. You're probably going to live in it for like at least a little bit. Because why would you pay rent somewhere else? Uh, while you're, you know, while, while you're fixing this place up, I, I mean, up until you're done fixing it, but it sounds like you kind of want that kind of, that kind of, uh, of thing. You want your own place that you, you want your, you want to build your own equity rather than just keep paying the rent to somebody who's, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a renting really in the end of the day is a money pit. If you can afford it to just keep paying and paying and paying great. But most of people, most people do it by necessity, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think just go to the, go to, go to these various places, check them out, see where you want to live, see what feels best to you, see what you're comfortable with. And then, um, 
And and then that's how you pick the place. Don't don't depend on your friend because 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 look, I live in a place in a neighborhood that is very hip, very cool. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, in Los Angeles. It kind of reminds me of like like how Park Slope in Brooklyn is where all the hipsters walk around with their with their strollers. That's how my neighborhood is. It's like it's hip people with strollers and people that have been there for a long, long time. Like we bought our house from the family of a guy who lived there until his 90s. And the last time uh, my house had anything done to it was the 70s. And the only way we could afford this house is because it needed everything. And so it sounds like you're going to need you're going to need that same kind of luck where you find a place that people are like, it's just going to cost too much to fix this up. But you have that skill and you have your friends uh, who will do stuff. And by the way, if someone's doing extensive electrical work, you need to pay them more than a beer because you're going to die in the shower when you touch the faucet and get electrocuted. Just side note. Um, But don't don't just get an electrician who works for beers, especially while he's working. Uh, but get a get a place that works for you that is you know a fixer upper in the best neighborhood you can you that, that that you're comfortable with that you that you can find. Maybe you want something quirky, maybe something a little more fun. You know, I mean, I know people that live all over uh, uh, Los Angeles, and I use Los Angeles as a microcosm of the rest of the country. And there are people who are listening who are just like, "You're out of your mind." Uh, well, look. Los Angeles is a place, say what you want about it, but everybody lives here. You name a kind of person, they're here. Everybody. Every kind of social strata, every kind of ethnicity, every kind of sexual preference, every kind of level of wealth is here. And so you have all these different kinds of neighborhoods. So I think, man... Uh, my, my best advice to you is, is find out about neighborhoods, how they feel and drive around to various ones and then look for houses, uh, that way. I think, I think your friend's looking at, looking for a come up for you, which is nice. He wants you to get a place that is going to explode in value, but there's no real way to tell that. Uh, there are places in my town that people are like, Oh, this is going to be the next echo park. This is going to be the next silver Lake. And they don't know, like they don't know. I mean, you you kind of just got to pick the, the place that's right for you that has the most bang for your buck. Because because right now buying real estate and is is definitely the best the best investment you can do. And so you're you're kind of in the driver's seat because you you a you can afford one of these places and you know how to fix it up. So that's awesome. I always talk about one reason I I I I love the Property Brothers, and not just because they're beautiful Canadian twins, but like. I love them because they're not ripping people off because they're Canadian. It's not in their DNA like us pirate, pirate Americans. So watching that show, uh, I always get pissed off when people like are angry. Like you didn't say that that would happen with the house. You didn't say you would, you'd find black mold in the walls. I'm like, fuck you because I have a house I live in and a house I rent and I don't know how to do shit. Like my father-in-law is an engineer. He knows how to fix stuff. He knows how to do plumbing and stuff. I have friends that, without them, a dude can come to my house and just knock on stuff and be like, nope, that's bad. 30 grand. And I'd be like, all right, here. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what costs. So you do. So you're not going to get effed over. And that's, and that's great. So gentrify or don't, I don't think, at least what it sounds like your level of income is, I don't think you're a, you're a danger to the people that live in the neighborhood. I think the problem is uh, uh, these businesses moving in and people you know, like getting their entire apartment building raised from the earth and then a condo building gets built that still only rents. So it doesn't even provide housing people can buy 
It's just a way to jack more money out of people because the area has a cool coffee shop in a sense. So yeah, dude, just get the house you want and take your, your friend's advice with a, a big handful of salt. Um, so look, I think we're going to stop right there. We're, we're about cresting the 40 minutes mark. And I think we had a good time. I think, I think I, I made your day better. Uh, so, uh, you should, uh, say uh, a big thank you to me. No, I'm kidding. Thank you for listening to, uh, this podcast, which is, you know, I've been doing this thing for a few years. We started doing the advice thing, uh, a little over two years ago. And the last incarnation of the podcast was just about the advice and we're going to continue that on. So I appreciate, uh, you staying with me, or if this is your first time, welcome to the party, pal, uh, to quote, uh, John McClane, Die Hard, classic Christmas movie, the greatest one of all time. Uh, and, uh, and tell your friends, if you dig it, uh, give us a nice re- rating, and uh, you're going to get uh, a huge plethora of, uh, of great guests coming up. My, my aim is to not only have comedians on, but have just interesting people from all facets of life and uh, see how, how they roll with, with, with what I do. Um, I, I, I'm really loving having a situation set up like this where we have a studio and I can work out of, and uh, we can do the same thing we did before with the the anonymous calls where I never know what the hell is coming into these headphones. And it's really fun when I have a guest on and they're like, oh my God, what is this? Jesus, like they don't know how to react. And, you know, stay tuned as the thing continues on, we're going to do this live. And I've done it live twice, uh, once uh, at at the High Plains Comedy Festival, once at South by Southwest. Yeah, that's right. I'm super cool. And it was amazing because we had um, Baron Vaughn and we had Oak Mike Eagle and Amanda and me. And we started out by going, hey, does anyone know what this show is? And they're all like, no. We had like a sold out house. They kind of just came because they knew me from comedy or they knew they liked the name advice from a dipshit because hell, who doesn't? But I, I had a full house and we play all the things and hear, to hear those calls come into a theater through the speakers was eerie and fantastic. And I think everyone in the audience, you could see their eyes light up because they all in their heads went, oh, I know I would tell, what I would tell this person. So at the end of the, of, the, of the show, I was like, does anyone need some advice? I was something they need help with. And almost every hand went up. And we spent like a half an hour just picking people and, and stuff. So I want to bring that to fruition more. I want to bring that to you more and have this thing, you know, have a little tour here and there. So- um, appreciate you being with me on This Might Help. You're definitely helping me. I hope I'm helping you. And uh, this is me. Take care of yourself. Hey, welcome to This Might Help. Uh, the uh, official slash beta slash first slash second time uh, we're rolling uh, this out. Um, what I mean is uh, I'll, just, I'll just lay it on the line. Uh, we're all going through a rough time right now in the United States and the world. I'm not going to um, pussyfoot dance around it. Uh, shit's uh, shit's real fucked up, man. As uh, the Lord Jesus Christ would say, in different words. Uh, but look, uh, my original idea with the um with this podcast was to do one episode by myself. And last week we did a practice episode, as we called it. And there's a there's a couple calls in there that uh, I had already taken with Amanda. Uh, and, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, this is episode two, you've already heard the episode I'm talking about. And some of you might've been like, Hey, what the shit? I heard that one. Well, 
we were only trying it as kind of a, what you call a beta, uh, 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 not a not real rollout, but from everyone I've talked to, people are kind of starving for podcast uh, listening material. And so I think far be it from me to go, oh yeah, let's just keep that one. I'd rather just make uh, A, as many good episodes as we can, you know, and B, just roll them out. I'd rather just roll them out to get things out in front of people because at the same time, me not having heard uh, some of those is great. The other ones, I, I one or two I had heard, but I also don't care. Uh, there are people who haven't heard the podcast before, and there are people who uh, are just joining us now. And to those of you who are, thanks for listening. And so that was for you and f- kind of for everybody, because right now, I think we have to do that simultaneous thing of uh, sticking together, but staying apart. Social distancing is important. We all have to do that. Uh, If you're wondering how I'm recording this, well, I came to the studio uh, here at the syndicate and uh, parked my car and went in through a door that I used my sleeve to open. And I went and sat down and um, Chris, the engineer, and I have not been closer than eight or nine feet away from each other. So it's we are social distancing. And this is one of those things where I'm driving across town and I'm getting in my car and and driving and then getting out of my car at the destination. I'm not stopping for a greasy chili dog uh, just in some random place or anything like that. Not that greasy chili dogs cause coronavirus, uh, but, um, you know, they are delicious. Now that I said that, now I want one. So I'm going to drive back and I'm going to stop for one and I'm going to break my word. No, but I've just been... Paying to as paying as much attention to the news as I as I can without kind of fucking losing it. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you you know I posted um, a uh, uh, list of scary movies that I like that are on streaming uh, services that you can listen to because I feel horror movies are cathartic. Strangely enough, if you're watching something that isn't uh, isn't real, like zombies. Sorry, nerds, that's not a fucking thing. I have friends who uh, definitely go into buildings and check for exits, which I think is safe. You should do that anyway. But like they do that so they won't get eaten by zombies. It's just not ever going to happen. Not like ever in a million years. How, how would they be ambulatory? How would they move around? They have rotting limbs. They're dead. Like even if someone, look, you can't, you can't stimulate dead tissue. I don't care what Frankenstein, uh, Dr. Frankenstein tells us in the movie. But anyway, watching these movies, uh, gives you gives you a little per, bit of perspective, and for me, it, it gives you a little bit, I should say, different anxiety, like a fun anxiety that you get from watching an action movie. Like the Marvel movies are great to watch because you know they're going to win, and you know you can have some fun fight scenes and things. But at the same time, watching uh, a rom com is fun too because it's a story; it's not real. Uh, right now, I suggest reading as much good fiction as you can reading as much, uh, uh, you know, nonfiction that, uh, isn't based in the realm of the pandemic. Uh, you should, you should stimulate your mind in, in other ways. Definitely practice social distancing. Definitely stay away from people, stay at home, uh, and all that jazz. Uh, you know, don't travel unless you absolutely have to, and even then think about it. But look, the bottom line is, uh, I am just trying to pump out uh, as many podcasts as I can within the framework of my time, within the framework of the syndicate guy's time, and uh, just get this to you. 
I uh, hope you guys like the theme song. That's um, that's Ben Wise, of course, who creates those, and we have a lot of fun. But I just hit him up and was like, hey, can you make me a theme song, and I'll leave it up to you. Just make it wacky, and he sent me this amazing track, and I sent him those vocal snippets that he put all over it. So at some point, once everyone can get, get back together again, we might do what we used to do and go and hit his home studio outside of his house and, and record a thing and write it and work on the ideas for the music and the, and the, the, the theory and all that jazz and write the lyrics. And, and, uh, <laughs> sounds like our old shit was like fucking Mozart, the way I'm talking about it, the way, like we were Robert Plant and Jimmy Page or something. But when basically I just was like, uh, how about ding donger with the mad bronger? I think we're done. I think we did it. I think that's a good ass tune we just wrote. Um, so, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, I'm even avoiding that. This is one of those things where I spent years on Ding Dong or Matt Bronger, where I'd be on the road and I didn't, uh, invest in the right equipment or things like that. And so I would just do it. I just record the podcast into my phone. And some of those episodes are frankly kind of unlistenable. And so while you're listening to me, I want this to come through clearly. And I don't, believe I'm putting myself at any real additional risk. So shit, enough about that stuff. What I wanted to do is I wanted to do one episode by myself and then do the second on down the line with a different, interesting guest. And right now I can't do that because uh, everyone is with their families and and it, we, we can't get people together. And I, I honestly don't really want to do a thing where we, we Skype them in and we both listen to stuff and we have like different reactions. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not Terry Gross. I'm, I don't have that kind of uh, technical capability where you can have the person on the screen and I just stay in, or in my home in, in Philadelphia or her recording studio, wherever she, wherever she does it. I, I think they'll be pumping out uh, fresh airs for longer than I'm alive. Uh, God bless them. Great show. But uh, as far as what the formerly called uh, advice from a dipshit, we're going to do it like this for this foreseeable future and uh, hope you guys keep listening. So thank you for listening. Hang in there. Don't let the anxiety wrench you to the ground. I had a real fucking uh, night last night where I just I just had uh, uh, nightmare after nightmare after nightmare, which is not something I typically do. Sometimes I don't sleep great. You know, and uh, sometimes I, I drink too much water for go to bed and I got to get up and, and piss, you know, 17 times like a like a grandpa or something. But like this is one of those nights where I just kept doing that thing where every time I go to sleep, my anxiety would just pump some narrative into me where I was like, OK, I went from I'm trapped at night in a building and there's something trying to get me in the building. Woke up. What the living fuck? Had a little water, took a piss, went back to bed, had a dream about uh someone breaking into my fucking house and like i woke up thinking i heard dung, 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 dung. like a knock on the door in the middle of the night is there anything more fucking scary than that just the just the idea if you lay in bed at night and imagine what if someone knocked that'll keep you up for an hour that's fucked up you know and then the next dream was like a bunch of cannibalistic bros that were chasing me in a forest like it was like something out of walking dead i was like i don't even watch that show anymore the shit and i just kept having them and then like of then you won't fucking believe this then uh around six in the morning i smell a funk so bad i think my wife shit her pants and she never has you know at least she hasn't told me but i was like oh my god would you stop farting just said that you know in my brain i didn't say that into the darkness of the night and wake her up 
Stop farting. Not that asshole. I fart in my sleep all the time, I'm sure. I'm in my 40s. Practically my job. So, you know, I was I I looked at her and I was like, that, that it what is that smell? And I was like, oh fuck, it's gas. So I woke her up and I was like, babe, I think we have a gas leak. And she's like, what? And I was like, you get up. I called uh, uh, the gas company and they were like, get out of the area. And I'm like, you don't mean the neighborhood. We're quarantined. And she's like, no, like go to a different part of your house. And like I called and the guy showed up within an hour. But like by then it's 530 and the guy gets there like 630 and he checked it out and there's no leak. So I mean, I'm not that I've used up all my anxiety, but holy living fuck. What a night. I mean, right. I'm recording this. It's on St. Pat's. I, I'm going to have a whiskey and a beer or two to fucking mellow up the hell out, you know, because as you can do that in the comfort of your own home. But the other thing I'll ask is, ask is you don't self-medicate too fucking much. Don't use this as an excuse. I'll just going to get fucked up my house. I mean, look, if you need to, you need to go ahead and do it once or twice. But I'm saying don't make that the, the <laughs> your M.O. Um, and uh, I made a video that's out now about uh, things to not do when you're quarantined with your spouse. Because uh, I did a couple of them. We got into a big fight yesterday. Uh, not about me being drunk or anything like that, but just like about little things. Little things you argue about when you're married because we're stuck there in the house. But take a walk. You know, if you're getting too hot-headed, that's fine. That's allowed. Just stay away from people. Um Obviously, restaurants and bars are pretty much closed. You can stay out of those. Uh, you can still go to some stores. I would say stay out of them. Be outside if you can. For those of you where it's cold, I'm sorry. Hang in there. Um, and uh, yeah, so on that note, trying to make this a little more fun than things are to keep your mind off of things, but I thought I would touch base. This is the second episode we've recorded, and this is uh, we're, we're, we're moving into the time where it's we've been like, you know, four or five days of staying home and you know, it's starting to wear on us. So uh, I'm excited to be out, though, recording this uh, with you guys. So, uh, Chris, roll the first call, would you? Hey, Matt. Um, I guess first time in a long time. I'm in a bit of a pickle. <clears throat> uh, as a bartender, I'm I'm generally used to giving advice rather than uh, receiving it, but I'm True. in a unique position to receive it from the more anonymous, the better. Um, well, I'm here. A little background. I have been in a romantic relationship with this girl and um if it weren't for the distance between us, for sure we would be in a uh, committed relationship and she's totally fucking wonderful. But because of the distance, you know, whatever life has. <laughs> Today, I, I, I've been um, in the works of making a spring break spring break vacation um to a resort where we would spend several days together romantically and it would be a lot of fun and totally fucking rad mm. 
but today she let me know that once upon a time ago, she was in a relationship where her partner cheated on her mm. and gave her herpes. All right. And now I am on the receiving end of this terrible steaming pile of <laughs> bad news. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. Um, obviously, first things first, I've already made an appointment to get tested and whatever comes from that be what it may smart but i'm i'm curious what your take of how this relationship platonic or otherwise should go i, I she's a really great person Is that it? Okay. Uh, well, hell. Uh, look, first off, I think that trip's called off probably by now. If if that's recent, the coronavirus is putting a stop to that trip. That's not happening. Uh, but um, look, the one thing. Look, I'll, I will say for all those people out there who are there, are people listening. I'm sure that are that are dealing that have uh, herpes, that have have the old herp, um, have the herpy Hancock. They no one calls it that. Um. They, they, they are, I'm sure, kind of going, uh, don't do the obvious thing and say, oh, fuck that chick, don't ever go near her thing. And I'm not going to. Like, I look, I have friends that uh, that have it, you know, one of which is out and out about it is Erin uh, Gibson. She talks about it in her act, and she talks about how this guy gave it to her and uh, without telling her. And uh, he, she dumped him, and she's now married to someone else now. And God bless it's just one of those incurable things that uh, the thing is they flare up, they flare down and you're only going to get it from her if you're doing it or fooling around while it's, it's flared up and you guys just have to take serious precautions. There's no more um, get drunk and fall into the sack whenever you want kind of thing. It's really, I, I just want to tell you it is, it's all up to you how much it just depends on how committed you are to this woman. But I will say uh, going from what, how I'm listening to you talk. You keep just saying how great she is. What a great girl she is. And <laughs> speaking as someone who has gotten, uh, I can't tell you how many uh, rejections in this business. Uh, I feel like Gilbert Gottfried nailed it when he said, uh, you know, you fucked when they tell you they love you. You know, that's one of those things you'll get like, uh, they'll, so, um, uh, did you get the, did you get the, the, the pitch pack? And, uh, yes. And you got the, and Matt pitched the show. Yes. We think it's such a great idea. We love Matt Bronger. We love him. Oh, we love him so much, but we're not going to go forward with it at this time. It's not, um, but we love him. And it, to me, it sounds like you you keep saying what a great person she is. And honestly, if, uh, I, I, uh, when I've broken up with a girl, I've been, I've done that bullshit where you're like, you're the thing is you're so amazing. And like, it's not like the person be like, Oh my God, that's so touching, but you don't want to be with me. Like, I hate to say it, but you kind of almost might as well be like, Hey, this person sucks. Not saying you should. 
and do not do that. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I don't think you love her, man. That's what it sounds like to me. If you love this person, you will, you know, move mountains and, and oceans to be with be with them. And 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 that's what's up. And and you're going to be with them despite them having the herp. Just like I would if if I um you know suddenly discovered my wife fucked a dirty sailor. I'm kidding. But like you know what I'm saying. I'm just I'm sorry to make fun. I'm just it's this is such a weird time. I'm I'm my my instinct is just, just to fucking do the silliest jokes here and there. So please don't get angry at me or offended. I don't mean to offend, but um, I just, yeah, it's, I just don't think you love her. From what I'm listening to, from your tone of voice, it just seems like you're, you're not in it to win it. So my advice to you is, is to, is to be honest with yourself. And if you don't love her, let her go because this, that's what it's come down to with this person. Or if you're, if you're willing to work it out and, and figure something out, Get all the medical information you can. Talk with her about it. I will give her so much credit for fucking telling you uh, before the two of you got involved physically. That's more power to her. But, you know, and also, the thing is, I, I don't know if this is an old one. I don't know if this is a new one. You you might have gone on this trip and and didn't didn't have time to listen to me. If this is recent, there's no way this trip is happening. I was supposed to go to San Francisco this weekend. My, my wife and I, we go every fucking year and I don't do any shows and she doesn't do any business and we just enjoy ourselves. And the last the time before last, we got goddamn butt tattoos. And also, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to talk about that butt tattoo in an upcoming special. It's supposed to be taping at a festival that's coming up and that festival has got moved to later in the year. So I don't know when I'm, if I'm taping the special then, if I'm going to give it another five months, I probably will. But, you know, not that you give a fuck, you person with the girlfriend with the STD. But listen, um, you know, I, I what I'm saying is I don't think you're going to go on that trip. So, dude, thanks for calling. Really appreciate you. And uh, awesome. Okay, let's roll another one, Chris. Uh, hey, Matt. Um, so I've been in a relationship for a little bit over a year. And uh, my partner is, like, chronically depressed, uh, and I'm a therapist. Um, I do crisis work, so uh, the clients clients that I work with um, are dealing with some really, really heavy stuff. And uh, I also struggle with depression, uh, but I'm in therapy, I take meds, I have, you know, support groups that I go to. So I feel like I do a lot of self-care to kind of manage it. And uh, my boyfriend won't go to therapy. Uh, he won't look into medication. He kind of doesn't take care of himself. Um, he's always sleep deprived um, and just depressed. And it's just, it's really hard to watch, uh, to watch him go through that. Um, I think it, may, it makes me really sad because he's a really, really good boyfriend. Um, he kind of is the type of person that puts everyone for himself um but yeah he just he won't get help i've tried talking to him about it Uh, i've tried having friends talk to him about it but he's so depressed that when people reach out to meet up with him then he cancels or doesn't follow up talk to my therapist about it uh and i just i just don't really know what to do because it doesn't feel 
sustainable for me to be with somebody who's depressed and, and won't get help. But um, I also love this person a lot. He's so many great qualities. Mm-hmm. This is really the only issue I have in a relationship. So uh, any help at all would be super appreciated. Um, really love the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, thanks for calling and thanks for adding so much information. That's that's one of the hardest things we've had to get across to people is that they they don't give us enough information to base things upon. And I feel like you you laid it out. Uh, you definitely love this person. They are clinically depressed. They won't get help for it. Uh, uh, they won't, no professional help. They won't um, from there talk about medication or anything. You are getting professional help for your issues. You help others. Um, I look. I think. Uh, just to draw from my from my life, uh, my now wife, she definitely gave me an ultimate ultimatum at one point and was like, here's what I want to do. I want to get married. Um, so if you don't want to get married, I should start thinking about moving on. And it was one of those things where it's it's just the kick in the ass I needed because I was like, I don't want to lose this person. I was never someone that was like, oh, fuck, yeah, marriage, which is weird because you talk to most men. They're like, oh, can't wait. They're 18 years old. There's like, hmm, I don't give a shit about chasing ass. I just want to get married right now. Have a billion kids. Now, of course, yes, I was being very stereotypical, even in my, in my, you know, late 30s, uh, early 40s. But um, I needed that to kind of just consider and think about. And she, she gave me every out. She was like, look, it's fine if you don't want to, but we should work toward splitting up. You know, we got to figure out what direction we're going. And it was like, it's what I needed. So I was like, no. And, and, you know, I was like, I was like, I, I want that too. Uh, even though at the time I was kind of like, I don't know, but every good thing I've had in my life, and this is maybe what you should say to your guy, uh, in terms of him getting therapy is I just didn't know how it was going to work out, but I gave it a fucking shot. My career, my wife, you know, doing podcasting, hell masturbating over a, a sink in my hotel room. It's the perfect height. I'm very tall. You know, certain things, you might not think you'd like them. Okay, that last example is fucking gross and ridiculous, but why not? Um, I, I just, I think you have to give him an ultimatum. I don't think you have a choice. Or leave him. You have two choices. You can either just be like, fuck you, bro, and out the door. Or you can be like, look, you have to get help. You have to get therapy. I am uh, living in a lot of pain right now for no good reason. Or I'll go. It's really up to you if you genuinely believe in keeping me happy. I remember there's this time, and I might have talked about this on the show, but I, I was in a, a, a ride share, like a Lyft or an Uber, and this dude driving me, ah, it still, it still just puts a twist in my fucking panties thinking about this guy because he was just annoying. He's older than me. So that means old enough to know better and was like, do you think that you can start again in life? Which that's not annoying. And I was like, what a question. I was like, hell yeah, you can, dude. No matter how what your age is, it's your life. He's like, so I just have this girlfriend. And he went through this thing of how this girlfriend, everyone in his family hated her. He didn't even really like her that much. She won't change. She won't get, she won't go through hell. He can't get away from her. And I'm like, okay, well, look, dude, you either have to dump that person and say, stay the fuck away from me. Well, I kind of like her in my life. Well, you like her in her life. Okay. You guys should go to couples therapy, but she won't. Okay. Then kick her out of your life. Well, I kind of like her in my life. Okay. Then the two of you should go to couples therapy. Well, I won't. And he kept 
just looking for a magical door that doesn't exist. I mean, everyone in this life is looking for a magical door. I sure as fuck was. Just like when I, I was trying to figure out if I should or should not be with my wife, I wanted it both ways. It's like when I wanted to break up with her, I wanted her to still like me. You can't fucking have that, asshole. You can't. So, like, this guy just kept going, well, I don't know, I just I want to be with, then be with her, but, you know, then go to therapy. I don't want to go to, she doesn't want to go. And I just kept going, break up. And then you'd go, I don't, therapy. I'd go, break up. You'd go, therapy. Like, I just kept cutting him off to the point where I'm just like, that's, I just kept, no shit, just kept yelling from the back of the seat, the same fucking thing until he dropped me off. And he kept, he never stopped. He never stopped going, no, but I think, but she won't, but she, like, it was that thing where, oh, I'm not that guy that sits here and goes, oh, you fucking cuck. Like, I never use that word, you know, or you bitch, you fucking, God damn it. But he just wouldn't face the two things he had to do. So, you know, but you're not like that. You're, you're, you, you seem like you've got some passion and some, um, you know, some real, some real human, you know, drive to help not only him, but yourself. So like, it's, it's, I just, uh. Yeah, I think I think those are your two options, bud. I think you you uh, you know, and for those of you who think I forgot, I'm talking to a woman. I call everyone bud or buddy, uh, just to be you know safe and just just as a friend. You know, I'm not gonna be like, listen, sweetheart, light a cigar, do a shot of scotch. Do you shoot scotch? No. Um, and and it, you just you just have to either go look, uh, man, you got to get help or start going to therapy. I have to start seeing you make changes or we got to break up. Like that's it. So thanks for calling. Really appreciate you. All right. Let's uh, check the last and final call of the episode. Hey, Matt. Um, I have kind of a serious question here. So hopefully I don't uh, bring the whole show down. Shit. Um, My mom has been uh, dealing with uh, a cancer. Um, She was a cancer survivor, went into remission, um, for about uh, a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, she has since gotten a completely different kind of cancer Fuck. in a completely different area. Boy. Um, and so back in uh, July, she had a surgery to remove the cancer and the associated parts. Um, she then had a scan um, uh, Friday of last week and found out that, in fact, no... Um, there's a, a, a mass that, you know, centimeters, like, like a potato sized mass. Um, and then a bunch of little ones that are too small to be measured. Oy. Um, my question is why am I having such a hard time dealing with this in terms of caring about it? Oh. Um, I love my mom. Um, I love, uh, you know, my family. I don't have any issues with them. She's always been a bit on the on the dependent side. She's always mm. kind of needed a little bit of extra from us, mm. um, which can be draining at times, um, but it's just kind of her personality type. Um, I had the same thing when my grandma passed uh, last April. Um, I was unable to process it, and I almost felt like I was a sociopath <laughs> where I had no emotions, good or bad, um, basically right up until the day she died. Um, I'm not in denial about it. I yeah. understand that life ends. Yeah. Um, what's going on with me? Why 
why am I having such a hard time wanting to deal with this? Is it me not wanting to come to terms with my, my own parents' mortality or my own? Or I, I just don't know. Um, hopefully I gave you enough information there. Um, totally. And you can maybe help me out. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, dude, thanks for calling in. And, and one thing I will say, always, as always, thanks for calling everyone who, who, who just bothers to even do it at all. But I think a lot of times, if longtime listeners will know, you'll hear people call and they'll kind of settle into themselves. And this might have been the first time they've actually said it out loud. And I think I heard that with this dude. And thanks for your call, dude. Uh, but it, it, a first, there's nothing wrong with you. We all deal with things differently. Some people laugh at funerals and it's not like they're, I hope not being like, oh, I'm glad that person's dead. It's just, it's just how your body copes. It's how your psyche copes. Uh, we all cry at similar things typically, but we'll cry at different things and, uh, or react to different things. I, I think, man, um, it, it's you're 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 kind of lucky to have that to not have that kind of constant uh pain i make fun of myself and call myself a sap because i cry easy at things and uh you know i'm emotional and and stuff but at the same time should i put myself down for it no and if you're not like that should you put yourself down for that no it it it's it, the thing is you're helping what, what what's better you you be not helping and you cry, you go somewhere and pray for her, but don't drive her to the hospital. It's like that's some bullshit. I think I think we one of the hardest things for me in therapy was was trying to let myself feel like I deserve certain things. And I know a lot of you people hate listening to me and go, "What do you mean? Like a punch in the mouth? You fucking piece of shit." Well, listen, I don't know why you still listen to this, right, Uncle Steve, but. You can just fuck right off. I don't have an Uncle Steve. I wish I did, even if he hated me. <laughs> Uncle Steve. <laughs> you smell like Cuddy Sark. But it was a hard thing to go, oh, I'm not an awful person, as 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 weird as that sounds. I, I think we all kind of have a little bit of a derogatory attitude toward ourselves, generally speaking. We all uh, self-depreciate and and things. And look, man, I you're looking for an answer I don't I don't have. In terms of why you feel the way you feel, but what I can tell you with some authority as an adult person and man is there's nothing wrong with you. There's, there's you're you just react the way you react, but you are being a dutiful son, and it sounded like you're a dutiful grandson, and that's really all you can do. It's really all you can be in terms of this person. Yeah, okay. If your if your mom's uh, very needy and, and stuff, that can be tough. But I think you're reacting to it uh, in a good way as long as you're there for her. So just, just keep on keeping on and don't let, uh, ha the, 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 I, one thing I rail against is the whole idea of like, you should be like this. You should be like that, especially at, at like this age or that age, or you should do this. If you're a man, you should do this. If you're a woman, uh, you know, like, um, if you're non-binary, you don't matter like bullshit like that. You know, you're not real and all that crap. Um, you know, that's why I call this the no bullshit zone. The no bullshit zone. Coming to Fox. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it, it, there's, there's, no, there's no should in, in, in outside of uh, 
do 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 what you feel is right and uh, fulfill your duties. You're you're there. You're you're being a good son. So give yourself a little credit there. Uh, take the load off your shoulders and and stop, as I say, kicking your own ass because life's going to do that anyway. So. Guys, hang in there. It's a tough fucking time. I remain optimistic. We're going to make it through this. Uh, and uh, just practice social distancing. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, uh, we're not in a post-apocalyptic world. And my wife has not had to sell me for meat, which is what we've agreed upon we're going to do. Uh, I think mine would be delicious, much like pork. But anyway, that aside, who do I fucking, I don't know. You might be listening to this on a um, a pirated Zune Remember those fuckers? And uh, you're just, you're, you're eating my thigh right now. That was dark. But bottom line, hang in there, guys. Uh, check out all the, all the bullshit I'm putting online uh, to entertain. And um, I'll see you next time. Hey, this is This Might Help, episode three. If you've been keeping up, I am, uh, I'm guest free for the foreseeable future, at least, uh, because of the, the, the virus and, and the social distancing and what's going on. I just don't want to, have someone feel pressured to come and be around people. I don't want to ask guests. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm putting myself at risk or the engineer who's here, Chris here. Uh, but he's the only person I've seen since I've walked out of my car and I used my sleeve to open the door. La la la. So we're being safe. Uh, everything's sanitized. Everything's, uh, you know, clean and all that jazz. I'm, I'm using headphones that have been in a stock room for the past two months. So, Hey, they haven't been around anyone who uh, has been infected. So, you know, just in case you're wondering, are you recording this, is this at home, idiot? You should be. Okay, maybe you're right. But look, I, I'm hedging all my bets in the best possible way. Hope everyone's not losing their minds. And to be honest, I'm recording this back to back with the last episode. So I don't know what's going on. Hopefully people have wised up. Uh, I got a little freaked out watching people uh, packed, uh, dancing around in Dayton Beach in Florida like a bunch of fucking morons. Uh, bound to go home and maybe spread some death among their el- elderly relatives. I don't know. I, I knock on wood, hope not, but they keep discovering new cases all the time. So oy, I'm not going to dwell on that. Uh, if you missed last episode, I was talking about why I'm pumping these out is because there is a dearth of new podcasts coming out because of the situation. And a lot of people are, well, almost all of us stranded at home. And need stuff to listen to. So I'm just going to keep on keeping on uh, as long as you keep listening. I'm not going to be like, I'm recording one a day. Because A, people are not going to call in that much. And B, I don't want you to fucking get sick of me. There's a lot of other people that you can listen to. There's tons of content. There's movies uh, you can watch at home. Uh, there's there's books you can read. Uh, there's people who can fuck and can also fuck you. Right? Uh, if you're already close with them. And uh, and there's a, there's... Oh, I'm, I'm leaving out the most important. There's porn you can jack off to or flick your hairy bean. Maybe even shove a thumb in your butthole or put an artificial pair of genitals on you. I don't know. Uh, you get what I'm saying. You can occupy yourself without me flooding uh, your life with three hour long podcasts. We are generally keeping these episodes to a half an hour to 45 minutes a piece uh, to not take up too much of your life. So, um, yeah, you get what I'm saying. And, uh, there we go. I, uh, um, it's funny. Um, there, there's someone that's been out in the parking lot gunning the engine of what sounds like a Ferrari. And it's pretty funny. I don't know if you can hear it through the thing. I don't really care. I don't think it bothers you. You probably can't even hear it. 
but um, you know, Chris just put up a, a little barrier, but it was one of those things where it, to me, it's so funny. Anytime you're, you're recording or shooting anything in a, a city as, as, as big and loud as Los Angeles, you immediately get uh, angry when you're, you're recording or filming and something loud goes on as if people have to treat you as if you, every, where you are is a studio. I do remember on uh, up all night, a show I was on, uh, God, eight or nine years ago, there, there, we, there's a house that we, this block that they shot on that turned out to be one of those streets that people divert, divert onto to get off of Ventura Boulevard in the Valley, which is the busiest street in the Valley, arguably. And um, <laughs> they would go on this street. And so they would block it off and people would get so fucking mad and then when they're done shooting they would let the cars drive by and so you had people in cars yelling at me and will arnett and christina applegate and we're like we didn't pick the house <laughs> and some people would like be waiting and they'd blow the shop by just honking like knowing it like fuck you Merp. yeah you just lost five thousand dollars nbc Merp, Merp. <laughs> oh the 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 anguish the anxiety um not that you're any stranger to that these days things are things are strange but i will say that did kind of it it annoyed me hearing that car engine going but at the same time it made me laugh because that kind of thing just it does just crack me up it's kind of like how life will just interfere with you hilariously like you've been trying to tell someone a secret and right then someone will just stand right next to you that you don't know and you're like man why are you there will you move on and look, right now we're in a we're in a time of social distancing, and uh, so this is the first this is the first time I've been in an airport. I've been in an airport uh, last weekend, if you can believe that. If you listen to this, that was three weeks ago or two, uh, and um, so I haven't been in an airport since and won't for weeks. But I used to anytime I was in an airport because I'm I'm a, I'm a tall man, I'd just be standing. I would just pick a spot, you know, well outside the gate, waiting until they call the number. Because my thing is always like, I don't, I'm like, I'm going to sit on this plane for hours. I don't need to sit here waiting for the flight. I'm just going to stand up, walk around a little bit, let my legs and, and butt and back get tired, and then I'll sit on the plane. I may earn that sitting time. And so I'll just be standing there, and someone will come and stand right the fuck next to me. Like, I'm just, I'm a load-bearing pole. They'll just stand right next to me. And I never understood that. And I think it's just security. They're just like, oh, is this where we stand? I'll stand by the tall guy. I think I think if we were in Chewbacca times, like excuse me, like Star Wars times, Chewbacca just stands somewhere. Someone would just go stand by Chewbacca. Like I don't even know what this guy is, but he's tall and I feel safe. I'm gonna go stand by him. So, but now people are not doing that. No one's standing by anybody, man. Um, and no one's really in airports now, uh, which is 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 good and healthy. But uh, thanks for all the calls. I had a few people that are new listeners that are trying to get the idea of the format. Uh, if you're if you're debating whether or not to call, um, you sh you should, and I'll tell you why. Because there is absolutely no risk of anyone picking up the phone. I had a few people that called in and they thought, "Oh well, I don't want to tell my problems to a stranger." You don't have to. Uh, you just leave a message. And some people call when they're real drunk. You know, to get over that hump, and that's fun, and that's fine. I'm not saying you should do that. In fact, you probably shouldn't. But you know, there's no risk. Call and just just 
leave something. No one's going to know it's you. That's that's the fantastic thing. We will always keep this anonymous. And one of the biggest uh, hurdles we had was after Amanda and I parted ways, uh, she had this all these banked calls, and we'll use some of them. I feel like it, these things are generally time sensitive, so do we want to use more? So if you can call in 323-763-0228. Once again, that's 323-763-0228. So we can get some new ones, but we had some old ones. And the thing with it is, is I would love to cull through these, but I can't. The big hook of my show is I do not hear these calls ever until we're rolling so that I can't prepare or, or, you know, wriggle out of a tricky one. My only rule is I'm going to treat every question with, uh, you know, the, the, the respect it deserves. If you call and, and you're, and you're shitty, I'll be shitty back. But for the most part, if you're calling with a real problem, I'm going to approach it seriously with my incredible lack of expertise. Again, I am not a professional. If you need, uh, actual medical help, please get some. I go to a therapist twice a month and it helps me a lot. Um, but this is for fun and there's no risk to you, but maybe I can help you out a little bit and I will approach it based on my life experience, uh, a lot of which was really fucking dumb. I've always thought about just making a list of all the stupid shit I've done in my life, and, and, and I think maybe I'm more in touch with my stupid shit than some people. I probably haven't made much more than a lot of people out there, but, you know, I, I continue to F up here and there, but I, I try and often fail to learn from it. So, yeah, just call in 323-763-0228. Fuck it, man. Pause this and call and then unpause it. I won't get the call for this episode, but I want to get some fresh new shit. Uh, So I appreciate you and um, continue to uh, listen and call. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Rate us, obviously, on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts. Give us the old uh, five stars if you can. And, uh, uh, you know, social media, all that jazz. Because we're trying to pump these out. We're trying to get um, a half an hour out, um, you know, once or twice a week. We're still kind of debating that, but it it's going to be regular. It's going to be one of those things that's going to continue uh, sans guests for a little bit. But thankfully, I am hilarious and charming, and you will enjoy. So uh, with that, <laughs> that bit of uh, fucking bullshit, uh, let's let's roll the first call, Chris, if you will. Hey, Matt. Um, Oops. So I'm in a pickle, and uh, I need some help. I've got a four-year-old, and my (laughs) wife is currently pregnant. We're due in July. Congrats. With a boy. So I have a girl and a boy. Nice. And now I'm faced with the choice of who's going to be my favorite kid. Oh, yeah. Because no matter what any parent says, they have a favorite kid. Mm. I'm my mom's favorite kid. My sister's my dad's favorite kid. Bold. So how do I choose? Please let me know. <laughs> what a dick. I love this guy. Um, oh, I don't actually think he's a dick, but he really feels that way. That's fascinating. And I, I, I guess, I guess that's true. Uh, they, um, God, I saw, uh, Gerard Carmichael, a very funny comic who is a comedy store guy like me. And he had a, that's the funniest bit about how his, he, he has a brother and his mother, uh, his mother said she, she could never choose between the two of them. And Gerard was like, like, mom, I bought you a fucking house. <laughs> the whole thing was like, if you even think that this, his words, N word comes anywhere near me, 
this, this, this mother, and he just, it goes through it and it's, it's so cold blooded, but I loved it because it was, it was mean and petty and well said, and he's a funny guy, but man, I don't know. I mean, I, I gotta say, if you got to pick a, if you're going to pick a favorite, I would honestly, uh, my wife and I do not have a kid yet, but I, I think if between the two, I think I would, women have it hard enough. I think you got to pick the girl, man. And I think that's, that's, you know, daddies love their daughters and you know, it's, it's, it's just that thing. And, and if, if I got to pick one, but that's the thing you cannot choose. You won't be able to choose. See, ha ha motherfucker. You think you're so special. You're not going to be able to. One of them will speak to your soul in a different way than the other one. And you're just going to feel the way you feel. It's funny. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, she uh, was engaged to a dude. And um, before before the, she and he had even met, and he was a good dude. He was a good guy. Uh, he was a lawyer. Uh, made, a, made, a, made, a, made a good living. And um, she told me, you know, in confidence at one point, she's, she was Jewish, is Jewish. And she was like, I really want to marry a Jewish guy. And I was like, okay, good luck with that. And I didn't mean in terms of like, good luck marrying a Jewish guy, not like that, but like good luck, choo- good luck choosing ahead of your own heart. Cause you meet who you meet and your heart chooses, the heart wants what it wants. Um, I believe you can learn to love someone. Yes. But unless you have that thing to start with anyway, years later, she's with that guy and, uh, we had, we had a nice night together and stuff. And, um, we uh, went out and had some drinks. They lived in San Francisco at the time. And then she and I were, were, were a little in our cups later, uh, a little drunk together, just, just walking. I think she like walked me to the train station or something. And she's like, she's like, I don't know. I just, he's great. Uh, she's like, what do you think about him? And I'm like, you don't love him. And I just said it like, it just fell out of my mouth. Like a, like a cup of barf just out of my semi-drunk head, I just was like, I'm not going to lie. You don't love him. And she just bawled. She just started crying so fucking hard. And I hugged her and I think she broke up with him uh, very soon. And good, good for her and good for him. No one wants to be with someone they don't, that doesn't love them. You know? Uh, So she's now with a a man who's not Jewish and not that him, this guy being Jewish had anything to do with her not loving him at all. Fuck that. If you think that, uh, or if you think I'm saying that I'm not, but my point is the heart loves what it loves and wants what it wants. So bro, you don't get to choose. And I can't tell you, I would say if you had your druthers, maybe the girl, cause women have it harder in my mind, you know, but that said, I don't know. You might have a son that you just connect with way better. So I, I, you know, I, that, that's how I feel. And know what? On top of that, the weird thing is, I'm fucking right. God damn it, I'm right. Um, but I, I love how you just, I love how you laid it out. Everyone, everyone's someone's favorite, and the other one can go fucking screw. I'm my mom's favorite. Everyone else in the family can eat a bag of dick and balls of shit. Um, so that was that was that was very enjoyable. I loved how just plaintive you were. You just laid it right out. You just like. Everyone does this, which is mine, go. And that's a perfect example of someone being not that specific, but specific. So thumbs up to you, man.
Uh, but um, in terms of what you want specifically, you're fucked. All right, Chris, let's roll the next one. Hey, Matt, got a question for you. Let's say two people are seeing each other or more specifically sleeping with each other. Let's say. One of those people is into the natural hairy look and or feel. Nice. The other prefers to be shaved or at least as smooth as humanly possible. Wow. Should the hairy person shave for the um, non-hairy lover? Or should the non-hairy lover stop shaving or depilidating or whatever it is they do? Wow. Basically, should you make your pubic hair for your partner or for yourself? I guess that's my question. Hope you're having a great day. Enjoy. I quit. Holy shit, that's a tough one. A, thanks for calling. B, holy shit, what a stumper. This is probably the hardest one I've gotten since that time that dude called in and said, where do you throw away trash cans? <laughs> Mind-blowing. Who, who, who does what for whom? Does the, does the, does the bald, genital person who, who loves the, the smoothness Get, get both the smooths, or does the person who likes the hairy get both the hairies? Man, that's tough. I've, I've never really had that problem because um, I've just, it's just never really been, been broached. I've, I've never, I've never shaved my balls. I've trimmed them down, you know, um, mostly just in the park. You know, one hand on the sandwich, other hand just like with mini shears, just snipping away at my pubes. No, I, 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 I've never had that thing where I'm like, I like it smooth or I like it really hairy. I've kind of always been like, I just like it. I like it how it is. Um, but boy, I don't know. I, 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 I appreciate you, sir. And, and I appreciate your, um, your VO quality dad voice. You know, sound like a, like a, like a cool rustic customer. You sound like an old West bartender and it sounds like you're, you're trying to advise a couple rough hewn cowboys, one of which likes it smooth on um, whether they stay, stay together or not. I guess, I mean, it really just comes down to, and this is a fucking cop out, but I don't have an answer is, is it comes down to the couple it comes down to them having a conversation about what they want. Uh, from each other and how important hair or no hair is. I imagine the easy compromise in my mind could be like, oh, they're just both a little stubbly, but that's not going to make either one um, happy. I think from the people I've talked to that are really into that stuff, if people like Harry, they just like it, you know, they like it crazy bushy. But if people like smooth, they like smooth. There's kind of a never the twain shall meet thing. I think... Brother, I think you just rewrote Romeo and Juliet. I think you did. I think you um, just created um, star-crossed lovers. This is this is Lady in the Tramp. This is um, uh, Against All Odds by um, Phil Collins. This is this is you writing a new version of that uh, of these people who, who who shouldn't be together. This is Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul. Yeah, 
And, uh, and, uh, what the fuck was that rapping cat's name? The cat with charisma, MC scat cat. Oh, what a dark time for hip hop and rap music. Um, but you know what I'm saying? I, I think the answer is there is no answer that two people just kind of have to talk to each other and, and one has to, God damn it. It's like the Highlander. There can be only one. There has to be smoother Harry. I don't. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a fucking question. Mm. Honestly, I think you could put this to like a panel of, of, of sex therapists and they wouldn't have a better question than me. And I'm not bigging myself up. I'm not giving myself a ton of credit here or anything, but that is just my, what a good, good question. What a stumper. I mean, that's up there with asking a priest, you know, to rip off George Carlin from, from the album, uh, class clown, uh, is God so mighty that he can make a, a stone so big that he himself cannot lift it? Right? No. Well, God can't do a thing, but he's God. Right? Who, who's, whose balls remain lush and whose remain sheared? Ah, oh, it's like a biblical conundrum. This is like the tale of Solomon. Wow. This is a really incredible question, man. And you didn't help me out at all. Fuck. I feel like I feel like you just handed me that goddamn box from Hellraiser. Solve it or you go to hell. God damn it. Is that things aren't hard enough? I'm kidding. It's not that bad. We got to admit that's the that's the only real bad analogy I use. The rest are pretty fucking aces. Let's be honest. Um Okay, so uh, we have one more. Uh, and thanks for calling, dude. And go get some voiceover work or else work at an Old West theme bar. Um, yeah, so let's roll the, ne- the last call there, Chris. Hey, Matt. Uh, my name's Cole. Uh, big fan. So I am looking for some advice specifically regarding employment. Uh, so mm-hmm. I probably, like many of your listeners, are a dumb lefty creative type. Uh, that's hmm. struggling to find work in the dumb lefty creative field. Um, and obviously, um, you know, finding work in that area can be very difficult. And so you often need what many refer to as a sustenance job that you can keep the lights on and pursue your creative stuff on the side until something cool eventually comes along. But my problem is that I have a horrible nightmare brain and I cannot get myself to engage in work that I don't find to be meaningful, which is to say, when I work a retail job, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind, and I have no idea how to handle it. And the only advice I've ever been given is, uh, yeah, bro, you just got to fucking deal with it. Just got to deal with that huh. shit, and then work that job forever, and then be too tired to be creative, and then eventually dive into a wood chipper. So uh, any advice you might be able to offer in that area would be greatly appreciated. Appreciate it. Uh, I think the answer to your your problem is is therapy because you're going to have to work those jobs uh at least starting out uh fuck especially now um but it it it's it's you just you just need like anything the 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 key to life in a lot of ways is perspective i think you're looking at everything wrong what you're doing is while you're at that job uh, forgetting that you can be creative at those jobs. You can have a notepad in your pocket. You can write down ideas. You can develop things in your mind while you're folding sweaters. Uh, it, it, you you kind of have to be able to do two things at once. 
while at the same time fulfilling your duties. And just, and just, uh, a friend of mine said to me recently, like, um, the, the worst thing you can do uh, in life is be bitter because it, it just, it just doesn't serve any purpose at all. It's, it's um, self-defeating while at the same time you are indulging yourself. You're basically eating um, an angry Sunday, you know, something that's tasty at the time, but is really fucking bad for you. And it's way too big. And you should be sharing that. God damn it. Um, so yeah, you're, you're, you just need to look at things differently. And I would advise, I would advise uh, just having, getting a therapist, even if you got to, if you have to apply for aid to get it or uh, go to a support group of some kind to just barf out your shit. Um, there are ones that aren't just for 12 step programs. There are groups uh, of people you can go and talk to anonymously that are not your friends that uh, you can kind of bounce that off of because you, you were in dire need of perspective. Cause there's no, I talked uh, earlier about uh, or in another, another episode, excuse me about um, ho- hoping there's a magic door. And I have a friend who, uh, has been kind of looking for a magic door for a long, long time, but I mean, we all are on some level, but I mean, we're in the entertainment industry, but what this friend does is uh, he doesn't prepare for the future. And I am not the best at preparing for the future. I don't have uh, a ton in savings or anything like that. So, and I'm, which is something I'm working on, but uh, this person, he will just, um, like get a lead on something uh, and be like, oh, I hope that pays off. And then if that thing doesn't pay off, he's like, fuck it. But he's done nothing in the meantime. Uh, I had a, another friend who, when I was in um, Chicago, I, 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 I bartended and, or excuse me, I waited tables and he was like, Hey, can you check for me about getting a job there? And he came in and applied. And then the management told me, we know it's your friend. We don't really love him. You know, we don't, we don't really want him for the, for the job. Uh, and, you know, well, I mean by, we don't like, we're not loving them. I was what I meant. We're not like, we don't love him. Not like the weird thing, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they didn't think he was qualified. And so I should have said that to him, but I just figured they'd tell him and they never fucking told him. And so weeks went by and he was like, Hey man, um, you know, they should tell me, if they, I'm not getting that job because like, I got to start applying to other ones. So I was like, you haven't been applying to any other jobs. It's been three weeks, dude. The fuck? Like it just hit me. It was like, wait, you just assumed because I worked there, you were going to get it in a job. So you could just fuck off for three weeks and kind of do nothing. And I've been that lazy. I'm not putting him down. And we were young and stupid back then. But it's that thing where you're kind of just looking for a way where you don't have to do that the hard stuff and there's no way around it. You got to work those jobs. And I get where your brain gets, but just look at that shit as boot camp. Just be like, well, this sucks, but I'll be better off for it. And you will. Working those grind ass jobs, they make you a better person. Or they make you bitter as shit. Your thing is since you have to work those jobs, you got to work on being a better person in that res- in that regard. That's all, man. Just 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 give it some time. It's going to take a lot of time and uh, be grateful for that stuff. I say in my act that the only real hard and, and fast political position that I hold 
that I feel like people don't talk about enough is if you've never worked a shit job, your opinion is kind of worthless. Like, honestly, if you've never worked uh, front of house at, uh, at you know, um, a buffet or you've never waited tables, you've never bartended, you never worked in a warehouse, you never worked uh, cleaning anything, you never... You you never had to, you never had a hard grind. Some job you're like this fucking sucks. And like I I mean any any age. If you did it in your teen years, you worked at an Arby's. That's a pretty shit job, you know. And and shout out to people working at Arby's. Like right now, if you have a fucking job, amazing. Um, as I record this, all the restaurants are shut down. So fuck, hang in there, guys. Um, hopefully that has been lifted by now, and they're they're starting to get a a, a hold on things. But. Yeah, it's it's just I think I think you're looking at things wrong because you not only uh, can't avoid the grind, you shouldn't you shouldn't want to. I know you well, you want to avoid it. You would like you should, part of you should be like, all right, this is my time. You sound like a young dude, and I get it. You want to be creative, but there's kind of just no getting it right away. And I think if you got what you wanted to be doing for a living right away, you might be kind of a shit. You might get older and be kind of a shit and think you deserve shit. And I've, I've met a lot of those guys in, in this business, especially, or people that always had family money to fall back on, which I'm assuming you don't, if you're worried about these shit jobs and, um, they're not good people. They're people that quit whenever things get hard. Uh, they're people that whine all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just, I just think to go back to where I began before I started getting incredibly long winded uh, just, you just need perspective and just start from there. And also there's a lot of jobs that'll pay your bills that you might not hate, man. I was a closed captioner for the hearing impaired, which was kind of a drudge, uh, based job. I just watched stuff and wrote stuff on a screen and moved the words around and everything. But it was kind of like working as an editor. I, in, in, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss how I used to just break down a show, uh, visually and very technically and stuff. And, I miss waiting tables all the time. I met some of the best friends of my life waiting tables and bartending. You, 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 it, a lot of times it's like working on a pirate ship and there's nothing else like it. Um, so you just got to look at what you're thinking of as these shit jobs and just go, look, man, maybe like this is going to be not as bad as, as I think it will be. But just bust your ass pounding the pavement to find the shit job that works best for you. Guys, um, thank you for listening. Uh, Chris and I just banged out two episodes in a row and uh, we need more calls. So uh, at the risk of beating you over the head with it, um, the number is 323-763-0228. If you're hearing this, call, check into uh, uh, our our system. It's a a voicemail. There's no pressure. Say whatever you want to say. But... um, you know, hopefully you'll get on our thing. And if you really want to be in the show, now is the motherfucking time because we're banking calls. So uh, thanks to uh, the Syndicate Gang. Thanks to 800 Pound Gorilla. Thanks to Chris for being here. And uh, guys, be safe. Hang in there. And like I always say, and it applies right now more than goddamn ever, don't kick your own ass. Because life's going to do that for us anyway. And right now kind of is. But hang in there. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me. Matt Bronger, produced by Outer Circle Media, executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.